a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Everybody, it's the Between the Roofs podcast. I'm Brian Fritz. He's Connor Casey. Both of us with the Starcast and All Out. So there's plenty to talk about there. And neither of us found the AEW Championship on the side of the road. But you know what we didn't find, Brian? What's that? A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> so there's plenty to discuss as we were both uh, on the road uh, with uh, Starcast and All Out. We both went to. Uh, all of the festivities throughout the entire weekend, including a couple of the more notable panels that took place at StarCast. The most notable one being, of course, CM Punk, so we can dive into all of that. But just when WWE has an ongoing whodunit, AEW decides we can one-up that, and it's the whodunit of the year in professional wrestling. Where is the AEW championship, and who actually has it. And this is what's been going on. We're taping this on a Wednesday night, and this has been going on for the last 48 hours. And tell me if you had the same reaction. When the news first came out and somebody texted me and said, hey, uh, so Jericho had the AEW championship and it either got stolen or he lost it. Uh, and I heard that. I I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was I, I I didn't even know how to react to that. I, I thought my friend was joking with me at first. And he was like, no, this is serious. Like he went to a Longhorn Steakhouse in Tallahassee and next thing you know, the title's gone. So <laughs> yeah, I, um, there's so much to dive into with this, but to answer your question, we know where it is now. It's with the Tallahassee police department in Tallahassee, Florida. They have found it. So it wasn't missing for all that to all that long. The story's freaking crazy. Like this is just insane. You know, I'm somebody that loses stuff all the time. So when I heard, oh, he might have lost the title, I'm like, well, shoot, I've been there. I've lost my phone. I've lost my keys. I've lost my wallet. I've lost shoes. I've lost expensive pairs of ski goggles. Hi, mom. I know you're listening. Uh, I've lost just about everything. If I'd lose my own head if it weren't attached. I get that part, but no, this sounds like 
somebody yanked it. Somebody saw it sitting there in the back of the limousine, whether it was parked at the Longhorn or at the airport that the guy had to go and drive back to go swap the luggage with. So at some point during that, it got yanked. Could you explain the story? Because, I mean, I, I understand some of it, and I was trying to put together a timeline, but it's such a weird story, and to the point where even earlier today, when it looked like the police had found it, but then they pulled down a post about it, some people were wondering, like, okay, is this a work? How much of this is true? What What is going on here? So, oh, let me start right there. It's not a work, because you don't involve the police with a wrestling storyline especially when you file a police report. Because funny thing about the law in the state of Florida, you file a false police report, the maximum penalty is a year in prison. And I don't think Chris Jericho was risking a year in the clink just so he could make his title reign feel a little bit more important. That's not happening. So here's what happens. The police report pops up on Scott Keith's blog of doom of all places. And it's a report that says... Jericho left the Tallahassee airport in a limousine. He drove to a Longhorn Steakhouse. And there have been so many jokes about that by itself. But moving on. He gets to the Longhorn Steakhouse and he realizes, oh, crap, I picked up the wrong luggage. Can you take the luggage and go back to the airport and swap it out with mine? By the well, way, go, how well, do you I go eat cheap steak? I've, I've got a question about that. How do you pick up the wrong piece of luggage when you fly on a private jet? Isn't your luggage in your private jet? Like, who are you going to lose your luggage to? I I have no idea. And people are like, oh, I, I accidentally pick it up off the, the wrong carousel all the time. And I'm just thinking, yeah, but your name is on the tag. But you he checked that first. And he didn't fly commercial. It was a private jet. That makes it even dumber. I don't know how that's. I going. have no idea. Continue, but please. Anyway, so he eats his cheap steak. He gets back in the limo. He realizes, oh, crap, my $30,000 world championship belt is gone. And suddenly he calls the police. They show up. They get his report. They're investigating the limo driver. They're checking security camera. They're searching up and down the limo to make sure it didn't fall somewhere because Lord knows that might have happened. And by the time, and this is all, I believe this is all on Sunday because he, he, he specified that within 24 hours of him winning the title, he had lost it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I know of, of all time. I know. I know. It's crazy. No wonder he didn't respond to my text. <laughs> but anyway, so all this news hits the web on Tuesday at such lovely websites as comicbook.com. And then AEW, instead of putting out a statement, comments on an Instagram post that they had made where people are suddenly flooding the comment section with, where the hell is your world championship? They say in the comment, authorities are investigating. We will keep you updated. Like, they're not showing any signs of panic. Then Jericho decides to upload a video of himself in a hot tub, enjoying a little bit of the bubbly, while his meme is being spread across social media. 
and he says, I am starting up a worldwide manhunt to find the dirty bastard who stole my AEW World Championship. And I'm just thinking, okay. So we're having fun with this. But I'll get to how I feel about all of this later. Fast forward to this morning. The Tallahassee Police Department posts a photo of one of their officers holding up the championship with the tagline saying, hey, Chris Jericho, we found something of yours. To that extent. They, they found the title. Within minutes, the post gets taken down. But not before Jeffrey Perlew over at the Tallahassee Democrat took a screenshot of it and posted that on social media. Within minutes of him posting the, the photo, he posts an update saying, hey, we've got to fix uh, th This case is still going on. We need to, you know, we'll, we'll keep these updates rolling as we go on. So, but what was even funnier was AEW saw that initial post took that screen grab, posted it on their social media, and said, case solved. And very quietly during the day, that post got deleted. Yes. So I'm writing at 10 o'clock in the morning here in Nashville, hey, the title might have been found, but it might not have been. We don't know. And my first inclination is, oh, crap, they found a replica. And they thought it was the real thing. But turns out that's not the case. The best I can gather is they really did have the championship. It was given to them. They post the photo, and then their PR people say, take that down. We, we are still in an active investigation because... They haven't found the person that actually exactly. had it. The belt was turned into them by a civilian, and I'll pull up the actual report. On September 4, 2019, a citizen returned the championship belt to TPD, that's Tallahassee Police Department headquarters, reporting that it had been found along a local roadway. <laughs> no arrests have been made. They are still looking, and they posted a few uh, phone numbers where you, if you have any information about it. And they're looking for a Chevy Suburban, right? I hadn't heard anything about a specific car. Yeah, they they redacted. They, they even shared a redacted copy of the report which uh, showed they were looking for a wrestling belt taken by or from a Chevy Suburban. Well, there you go. So here's my guess. Yeah. Somebody yanked it. They drove off. How, how did somebody know, oh, I'm going to go pop my head in this limo. Hey, look, there's the AEW championship. I'm going to lift it. Well, if they saw Chris Jericho getting out of the limo, then they might think, oh, he might have the world championship with him. So did or that heck, mean somebody jumped somebody jumped in the limo while I was in the parking lot of the Longhorn Steakhouse in the because I would have thought that the limo driver would would have stayed in the limo to drive back, or maybe the limo driver got out to use the restroom or something like that. Who knows? Or maybe some guy just saw it in the car. And I don't know how tinted the limo's windows were, but if he if he peeked inside the window and saw, oh hey. There's a really expensive looking belt there sitting on one of the seats. And I should yank that. And who and doesn't realize, lock a limo when you leave it? Who the heck knows? <laughs> but then he, he so as he, my guess is as he's driving, he he's looking, trying to figure out what this is. And he realizes, oh, crap, this thing is really valuable. 
and people are looking for it. And if they find me with it, I'm in a lot of trouble. So he ditches it on the side of a road. Well, I hope they uh, uh, they check that thing for fingerprints, and maybe that guy is uh, if that guy's ever been convicted of anything. Uh, his prints will be in the system. He's probably being shipped back to Stamford, Connecticut, where he works. Dude, is my guess. The kayfabe <laughs> news story that came out today for anybody that doesn't check out kayfabe news um, that website it's unbelievable. It is so funny. They put out a story today. Which I'm I'm bringing it up right now. Here it is. Jericho's belt goes missing. WWE unveils new American East West Championship. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. I love this story that they have in there. They go, World Wrestling Entertainment surprised fans last night with the unexpected unveiling of its new American East West Championship. According to a press release, the idea for the new championship, quote, just suddenly came to, unquote, WWE mogul Vince McMahon. According to backstage sources within WWE, semi-retired wrestler Barry Darso, better known as Repo Man, has been rehired <laughs> by the company as a special consultant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But anyway, so I have seen, I've already explained on the legal reason why this is not a work. Yes. I have seen people try to make the argument that it is a work, that this is the angle they're going to try and go into TNT with. Now, here's the thing. There is a big difference between we pretended the belt was stolen for the sake of a work and the belt was stolen how do we turn this into a work? Right. And if they had said in the in one of the reports that they had said, we believe that the person that stole the belt uh, got away on horseback, then I think we would have had a pretty good idea who the perpetrator was. However, that or was not the case. Was, or he was wearing a scarf. <laughs> or, shoot, I had, I had three people. I was, oh, Sean's. Or he was wearing a, a shirt that had 10 all over it. Right. And he just kept flashing 10. Like, I kept thinking of all these potential thieves. And I'm like, yeah, you could do something with that. But here's the problem. AEW, you know, likes to acknowledge real world things happening around them. You know, they don't, you know, if my curtain in front of me is blue, they don't say it's green because it's green on television. No, right. it's blue in real life. The only thing that was super weird about this story to me, other than the championship went missing in the first place and how did somebody get in the limo and all that, but when it came to Wednesday morning and like you had this police report or this post where there's an officer going, hey, we got the title, and it's like a picture of them holding the title, and then they redacted it or they, they pulled it down. And I they was like, just deleted, they deleted the post. And the thing is, yeah. you can't, everything has to get recorded and it's public record. Right. So that was so, the only thing that was there weird was to me. No way, there, there was no way to kayfabe this. Yeah. and Because I was trying to figure out, like, what is going on here? Because, okay, they've got it, but then they pulled the post. And I was like, it was that a fake picture or what is going on here? There was just a lot of different elements to it. And I know people are trying to come up with conspiracy theories, but I was, I was kind of of the opinion, like, okay, uh, this really happened because there really was a police report filed. Now... Is somebody trying to cover their tracks because there's some embarrassment going on here or what's the case? But I don't know. It's just a very strange case. And regardless, the AEW championship has been found and is being returned to the company. Where they go from here is entirely up to them. 
If they want to make this a part of the story, if they, heck, if they want to make it so that Chris Jericho thinks so little of this company and the championship as a character that he just randomly lost it on his first night out celebrating, that's actually not a bad story. If they can try and spin it that way. But to say that it actually getting stolen was a work, you're out of your freaking mind. What's one of your favorite jokes or memes that has come off of this? I loved Arby's going after him for it. No, wait, I know I know what it is. It's he was punished for going to Longhorn Steakhouse instead of eating delicious Omaha steaks. Yeah. <laughs> I I put out a tweet that said something like, uh, WWE would never lose a championship in anything less than a Del Frisco's. <laughs> so there's actually a lot of stories up out there that this isn't the first time a title belt has gone missing or stolen. The like, the ECW championship that was held by Rhino, I think it was the last ECW champion, I think that title got stolen out of the locker room the one of the last nights of ECW. Wouldn't shock me. There's some story like that. Yeah. Hey, I think I saw Sam Martino had one of his titles stolen. Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's not crazy or unheard of. Right. It's just they're really careful about it nowadays. I was kind of surprised, and I don't blame them for having it, but I was kind of surprised Jericho had it, and I thought maybe AEW would hold on to the title because uh, until like their first TV taping because there's no other AEW shows until then. And I just right. thought, well, they could hold on. But it's it's one of those cases where generally, I mean, with all promotions, including WWE, champions hold on to their titles now mind you i believe in wwe they have two sets of titles like one is a carrying championship and the other one is the company keeps that and that's the ones that are used on tv because they keep them pristine and sparkly and everything they do and um it was it was reported that AEW did make two sets of these championships so they had a backup belt no matter yeah. what had for some reason the title still not been found by october he still would have had a championship to walk out there Right, right, right. So there probably would have been more jokes about like, heck, that's not even the title belt we gave you. Like <laughs> they easily could have done something with that. But yeah, no, this will be, you know, and it, because it's Jericho, who of everyone in that company is probably the most carny isk esh isk, however you want to pronounce that. Mm -hmm. Like he's going to try and make something out of it. Saying the whole worldwide manhunt thing, I was like, I'm getting flashbacks of Harley Rice saying $25,000 to anyone who can rid me of Ric Flair. <laughs> my Harley impression is terrible. I'm letting down all my faithful back in Kansas City, I know. But they're going to, he's going to, he at least will try to make something out of this, I'm sure. What if you could have a career? where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's talk about Jericho and uh, All Out because <laughs> the All Out show was uh, Saturday night. They- I didn't go. Yeah, right. Uh, there. Certainly wasn't just a few rows up. <laughs> Say with me. I think I was one section over from you. But uh, they, uh, so the last match on the show was for the uh, AEW Championship, Chris Jericho against Adam Hangman Page. Going yeah. into the show, I was convinced that Jericho was going to win the title. We talked about last week. You thought Page was going to win. In the middle of that match, Jericho. You texted me. I texted you. you said, and Hangman's hey, winning. Hangman's winning. And then when Jericho actually won the match, and I go, I texted you again, I go, I knew it all along. I was with Jericho all the way. <laughs> there was there was a lot of swings during that match. It was just a lot of different directions that they were going in. And that match was in a tough position, I thought, because it was at the end of a long night. I mean, it was a five-hour show, if you count the pre-show. And... On top of that, um, they came right after the ladder match between the Bucks that, and the Luchas. That was the mistake I think they made. Possibly. Was, but I mean, as crazy as that. Here's the thing. You put the title match last. I won't argue against that. Sure. It, it's the world championship. It's the first world championship. So, yeah, that match needs to be the main event. It was on every poster, every marquee. It was the headliner. No question. But putting it right after. One of the craziest ladder matches in history. And that's not a tagline that AEW was using. That's one of the craziest freaking things I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. To the point where at the end of it, I'm going, for the love of God, guys, go home. You're going to kill yourself. They hurt themselves by having a match that insane and no buffer between that and the match that is supposed to be the most important. Everyone's exhausted by the time Paige is trotting out there on Hunter Horst Helmsley. <laughs> and, and it was a tough spot because AEW, I think, wants to book their shows kind of like New Japan and not like WWE where you have a, a buffer match, a downer match. They want to build up. But at the same time, they put Kenny Omega against Pac. It's not Pac, apparently. It's Pac, um, which I learned this past weekend. But they put that match on second. And I was really surprised by that. You could have flipped those. You could have put the ladder match on second and put the Omega Pac match, Pac, Pac, whatever. Right. I'm going to still call him Pac. I don't care. Sure. Uh, the Omega Pac match on second to last. I think you would have helped the main event a lot more as a result of it. Probably. Uh, you know, I, I know some people were kind of down on that match. And, and I get it because of the positioning and whatnot. Um you know, well, it turns out they were down on it, too. Were you talking about the Omega Pac match, or are you talking about the Jericho yeah, match? I, Omega Pac, because I was, I was talking, I was listening to Jericho's podcast. He's like, they both came back through the curtain and were like, God, that match sucked. We had to cut a bunch of stuff. We went too long. Like, they weren't happy with it. Oh, well, I was talking about the main event, but when, oh, when okay. it came to Omega Pack, yeah, because they were given X amount of time, and what I had heard had happened was, um, they were they were spending too much time early on stalling in the ring, or even when they went outside the ring, this went too long. And then finally, it got to a point where they said, "All right, guys, got to take it home." And it was just like that was right when they they needed about another four or five minutes because that's where the match was really going to amp, amp up. 
And that's when they were really going to bring it. I need another 10 V triggers before that match was anywhere close to over. But that's where that all of their quote unquote good stuff got cut out and they got, and then they, they did a hurricane Rana that got botched a little bit. And then Pac got Omega in a submission and basically, you know, didn't tap him out. It basically made him go unconscious, you know, and, and he got the surprise win. It was referee stoppage. Yeah. Official listing because Omega was out. So, and that was the surprise win. And then, yeah, I heard that both those guys were like, we screwed up. We went too long. They were kicking themselves about it. And they were like, yeah, we know. And, uh, we went too long and everything like that. And they were disappointed in it. But, um, you know what? Uh, I look at that as like, um, that's a, that's something to learn from, especially now because like, you're going to be going on live TV coming up here, man. And you can't be having mistakes like that. I mean, it's one thing to have it on a pay-per-view and it's bad enough, but it's going to be another thing on TV where everything's got to be tight because we all know, like you start doing live TV and somebody goes a little long in a promo and somebody goes a little long in a match and you know, that keeps happening. And guess what? You're pulling away from what you want to do at the end of a show. And that's supposed to be your most important stuff many times. So it's, you know, chalk it up to a learning experience. Jericho and uh, Paige, I saw some people say like, well, I didn't really like it or was it really a world championship match or whatever. The way that I kind of looked at it was, I think it, it met my expectations and I didn't think it was going to be like some blow away match. I thought it was going to be a good, solid match. I didn't think it was going to be the best match on the show. I think Jericho will even admit that he did not think he was going to have the best match on the show, even though he's going to go out there and he's going to try to kill it. And same with Paige. Um, I thought it was a good match. Uh, it was one of those where they're still establishing, you know, the Judas effect. And just when it looks like Jericho is down and out and he's about to lose that match, he hits that elbow out of nowhere and he won the title. And it makes sense in a lot of different ways. Like we talked about last week, the Jericho won. There's still some pushback about it. Like, why aren't you going with the younger guy or Jericho doesn't look the part? All of those different things. But that is the direction that they decided to go was let's go with heelish veteran Chris Jericho winning and bragging about it. And then we'll move on from there with whatever direction they're going to go in. The match told the story it was trying to tell like you. I didn't have the biggest expectations for it. And those lack of expectations were actually a little bit surpassed. I thought the match was a little bit better than I expected. Still nothing great. Still not the top two matches on the show. So kind of, you know, it's the direction they want to go. They want the heel champion. He's playing it up backstage as soon as he gets through the curtain. I have a feeling I think I know where they're going with the world title. Because I, I I think I know who is, uh, his first opponent is going to be. And tell me if I'm crazy, but I think it's Cody. It's going to be Cody. Because that, that, that Spears went, shoot, this wasn't even the third best match. I, I forgot about Cody and Spears. That match was insane. Yeah. And Cody has consistently been the performer of the night every time he wrestles. Let's talk about the rest of the show, and then we can talk about where they're going to go. Because um, I think overall as a show, I didn't think it was a blowaway show. It was a, it was a good show overall. Uh, Cody and Spears uh, was really strong. Um, I am very can, proud of myself. Yeah. All the complaints people had about fighter fest and fight for the fallen pretty much gone. 
Yes. So we, we've shook off whatever funk those shows might have had on. Uh, I am proud of myself for, what, about a month ago, I uh, predicted that Arn Anderson was going to be on that show and was going to hit somebody with a spine buster. And, yeah, pat myself on the back a little bit because Double A came out and gave Sean Spears a good old spine buster. <laughs> and, by the way... Some, somebody somebody was talking to him backstage, and he was like, oh, Arn, you had a little trouble getting underneath the ropes. He goes, yeah, because I'm fat. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I uh I I may have nightmares of uh Tully Blanchard choking me um because he was a terrifying figure when he actually got in the ring put his hands around MJF's throat and was choking the life out of that man uh I mean who would have thought that 65 year old Tully Blanchard who's still in really good shape uh took a bump early on in this match outside the ring when Cody punched him now mind you he did the whole hit the apron, hit the floor, but he took a bump. He got involved in that. Uh, Cody actually used his belt um, in the match, and then he got in the ring and was choking MJF. I mean, he was all over the place. I mean, I'm like, I, I, I didn't expect him to even get physical or barely, and that dude was all over the place. Bringing him in was an inspired choice. He fits the role so well. It's stupid. I compare it to Paul Ellering a couple years ago with Office of Pain. Like, dude is just at the top of his game this far into his career to the point where a couple months ago, he had no idea he'd be doing something like this. Right. You know, I'm, and, I, and I'm sure he wants to do more stuff and we'll have to see. I, I was surprised Cody won that match because it seemed like that was going to be a feud that was going to continue and it made sense for Spears to win the match. So that one was surprising. Pack beating Omega, that was a bit surprising. Outside of that, I don't I don't think there was anything else that was really surprising when it came to finishes. Everything else kind of went, you know, as as expected for the most part. Or or it was kind of one of those things where I don't think we had an expectation, so either way would have been fine. The 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 Spears Cody ending was surprising because it felt like Cody wasn't taking this match fully seriously. Because for if you remember, we get the chair shot, he doesn't say a lot about it. We get to the segment on Road to All Out where he has to sign the contract. He just walks in, sign it, walks out. And instead of having the, like, facing the camera, super emotional and insightful promo that he had with Dustin, it was Brandy doing it this time. And we don't see Cody really talk about this. And he beat him, goes backstage says uh, says one or two lines about it and then just moves on like this to him this felt more like a road bump that's kind of the way that i looked at it as well that's i, I thought this like this is just going to be chapter one in this long storyline that's going to be going on go, breaking over to tv and whatnot and it looks like okay we can go back to this maybe down the line but okay we're putting a stop to this and then we're going in a different direction i i feel like it's going to be cody against Jericho, or they're going to start something there when they go to TV. I have no idea what they're going to do with Sean Spears, and I guess we have to see if Tully Blanchard's going to be back. By all indication, he will be. He didn't make it seem like this was a one-off appearance. I doubt he's there every week. I doubt he's there every Sean Spears match. But he'll probably be there for the big ones. Um, Everyone thought MJF's turn was coming. It was hinted at, but it didn't happen. And they are saving that for TV. And I... I think we know of a perfect opportunity when they can use that. And it's going to be, uh, I would think, 
just when Cody is about to win the world championship, then you, MJF you know, you gets involved. That, you say that, but if you look at all of the matches they've had in these first four shows, how many of them had a screwy finish? None. None. And that's on purpose. Right. They pointed out that they want to make this feel as close to sports as possible in regards to how the matches are booked. There was no, there was no screwy finish with this. And I, I think they're not going to break that out very often. I don't think so. At all. And, and I think the one thing though, that they need to tighten up on though, is in the Cody Spears match, they did this whole thing where Cody uh, or, or Sean Spears is going to use Cody's weight belt. And he's doing it right in front of Earl Hebner. And Earl's like, no, 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 you can't do that. So Earl takes the weight belt and he's going to throw it out on the opposite side of the ring. Well, Tully Blanchard's right there and Tully's already taken off his belt. So Tully takes his belt and hands it to Cody, or I mean, hands it to Spears and he starts hitting Cody with it, but then he starts doing it right in front of the referee and Hebner does nothing. Yeah, that, that was weird. So, uh, that was a little, that was a little strange. You know what hasn't been talked about? And this is like something that's just like, a little dumb thing, but we noticed it in the building. Did you notice what was going on with Earl Hebner before that match? Was he limping? No. So Earl Hebner gets in the ring and he's there with ring announcer Justin Roberts, right? And yeah. opposite the rampway. Uh, oh, he got he got into it with a fan. He got into it with a fan. Some fan was yelling at him, and Hebner. I don't think he was going to leave the ring, but was kind of acting like he was. And he got into a big old argument with that dude, barking at him, gave him the finger, or not the finger, did the two hands, you know, like the, you know, give him oh, the, yeah, and, then, I, and then Hebner screamed F you at the guy and like was red in the face. So like Justin Roberts had to like grab him and pull him aside. Like, Hey Earl, calm down, dude. I, I wouldn't see that as strange. I think that was just what they were trying to do. Like, Oh, it's grumpy old Earl. Right. I don't know what that guy said to him, but Earl is fired up man i was like whoa they gotta they gotta get him to chill out here a little bit but um okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, I mean, overall on the show, like I said, I, I thought it was a good show. I didn't think it was a blow-away show. Um, overall, I mean, I don't think there was any... The only, the only match I think that people really we're down on once again was the dark order match. And it's just because of those characters and just people they, aren't into it. It's, it's weird how no matter who talks about them, nobody gets them. Yeah. Nobody gets what the heck is going on. Even if you liked the super smash brothers, even if you followed them in PWG, nobody is giving this thing positive reviews. No, it's weird. It, it is, but so we'll, we'll see where they're going to go when it comes to TV and like the first ever TV show, they are going to do, they are going to crown the first ever women's champion. 
What did you think of the bell? Uh, I haven't seen the bell yet. Did they put it out? Oh yeah, they had it up on oh, did the stage. Oh, oh, that's up right. On the stage when Nyla won. That's right. That's right. They they pulled it back out for the Riho uh, match, and then uh, Brandy actually posted a video of kind of like a, a camera like panning across to take a good look at it. Yeah, it's rose gold. It looks great. Yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, not, I totally forgot about it, but yeah. Um, God. Uh, and and they're not making the mistake that WWE makes, where they make a template of a belt. And then just every other bell is just a different color. Oh yeah, I, I this I, one looks different. Right. I was surprised that Nyla Rose won, and she's going to be taking on uh, Rio because I thought, uh, in it as good of a story as Nyla Rose is, uh, you know, uh, and the importance of including everybody, including those in the LGBT community, and the story behind that with her, I was thinking your first ever uh, champion on your first ever TV show, you want to have a blow-away match that totally represents your women's division. And while that was a great story, she's still a bit green. And I was like, she that's, she, that's putting in a really tough position. Because I thought, I go, okay, if you're going to have somebody from the Battle Royal face the winner of the Rio uh, Hikarashita match, me, the match was going to be Britt Baker against Hikarashita. I thought, because it's nothing against Rio, but she's 22, I believe. She's good, but she's very small. She's and, young. And she's young. But very, but very experienced. Right. She's been doing this for a while. But Sheeta is 31. She's got a little bit more experience. She's a little bit bigger. Um, very athletic as well. And it just it, it just felt like those look like, you know, um, they were about the, I mean, her and, and Britt are about the same size and just what they could do in the ring and the athleticism and the experience and all that stuff. I thought that's going to be the representation that they want for the first ever women's match. And they actually went the opposite direction. They went with Nyla Rose, the, the, uh, the huge person that's out there taking on Rio, who's very small. So you're going to have that story Jim, as well. Jim Ross apparently couldn't shut up about her weight. Oh, like really? The, the 98 pound phenom. Something, something like that. So I that I was a little bit surprised by that one, um, but I understand what they're doing. It's just, right. you know, I, I think they want to make sure they have a really blow-away match, and I think it's going to be a little bit tougher. I think with Nyla, you could obviously, even if she wasn't in that match, I mean, there's a great story to tell there, and you can kind of like have her do the chase and get people used to it, but they wanted to do it right off the first show. Um, and then they're doing, they're still doing that the six-man tag on the first show, right? Yes, we still don't know the uh, the tag partners. But let me just say this about the women's stuff sure. tonight. What have I told you before about how you judge the strength of a division? You take the number of feuds that are going on that have nothing to do with a championship. And if that number is zero, you have a problem. They had several presented throughout the show that made you go, wow. There is legitimate depth to this division because the moment Britt Baker got into that ring, she made a beeline for B Priestley. And you yep. go, oh, they're going to keep playing off of the concussion from Fight for the Fallen. That's a match I want to see now. She's talking about it in her post-show interviews. Like, no, this is a legitimate feud, and it's got nothing to do with that championship. You've got Allie, who still wants to get her hands on Brandy, and Awesome Kong is there as, her, as the big heavy. You're not going to get through her. There's a story you can play off of. I mean, there's there's legitimate strength and depth to this division. I saw somebody say 
that the women's division is going to be the death of this company. And I'm like, you're out of your freaking mind. You're out of your mind. I mean, we haven't even seen their first TV show. I mean, I, we can't, yes! we can't jump to any kinds of conclusions about anything. And I don't even know who else was on their roster because they still got a lot of other people. They're going to be a part of the show that they have not announced yet. And we're not going to find out of there until TV starts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let me bring anything up else stick point. out to you about the night? Oh, well, 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 here's the other thing too. When it comes to, so the, the title match for the uh, men's championship obviously was Jericho and Paige and Jericho won. I wanted to bring up this point. Why isn't Kenny Omega the first ever AEW champion? Why did they, why have they not done more with Kenny? Because I understand the argument. They want to say, well, Kenny's kind of a made guy. We could put him on the back burner going into this. He can help make some other guys by losing. Uh, plus we don't want to make it look like we're only pushing the guys that are executives with the company because he is an executive vice president. The way that I kind of look at it and I look at it even more now is yes, Chris Jericho is like the household name from everything he's done, especially in WWE. However, when we're talking about this new fresh promotion with AEW, Kenny Omega is coming here off an amazing run in New Japan Pro Wrestling where he was the champion there. Uh, the moniker is, you know, he's the best wrestler in the world. You know, the best bout machine. Yes. The- the and, Modi machine. And yeah. he's just this huge, huge star. Like one of, if not the biggest star outside of WWE. And I, I think it's a very curious choice that not only is he not the choice to be the first ever AEW champion, but he wasn't even in that championship match. I kind of wonder, okay, Kenny's obviously going to be a big part of this company, but why didn't they capitalize on that immediately, have him be the champion going into uh, their TV show? I will bet you their thought process is instead of putting him at the pinnacle right from the get-go, they go, hey, this guy's great, but the moment he gets to AEW, he keeps hitting roadblocks. He loses to Jericho. His match with Moxley gets canceled. He loses to Pop. I'll bet you he loses to Moxley at full gear because we got that match announced. Right. And he keeps going down until there's a turning point where he has to then be built back up. And as he ascends, the crowd will get more and more with him. The fans that they brought in that don't know what he, who he is and what he's about are going to start getting with him. And they're going to see his ascent back up the card until he is world champion. Because you gotta, you got to think about it this way. A lot of fans know who he is, but a lot of fans that are jumping on to the show as guys like Cody have said over and over, they just weren't watching wrestling, period. And this was bringing them back. So they don't know what Kenny's deal is. They weren't there for his run as the cleaner and as junior heavyweight champion, intercontinental champion, and the G1, and his matches with Okada. Like They maybe have seen clips, or they've heard people talk about it, but they didn't see it firsthand. So now they need to recreate that ride with him again. Yeah, is, I, is my thought process. I, I don't think there's a wrong decision necessarily, but I just looked at it from a standpoint of, and I was thinking about this after the show, like, hey, there's a lot of people that hadn't seen the Bucks necessarily, but, you know, they started catching on on social media. There was this buzz about the Young Bucks and who are these guys? Look at everything that they're doing. And the same thing with Kenny Omega. People are like, oh, who is this Kenny Omega? Oh my God, he's having these amazing matches, you know, and I, I, I haven't watched New Japan Wrestling before, but I got to go out of my way to catch you know, Kenny Omega having these just ridiculous matches over there. And like, he's just like this, this hot, buzzy name for people that maybe, 
you know, have not been watching wrestling. And maybe that's a reason to get back into it because it's like, oh, this guy is different. He's he's not like that, you know, quote unquote, just a regular WWE superstar or what we expect out of that. This is somebody different, kind of like the Bucks. So let's put that trendy, buzzy guy uh, right in the top of the ladder and kind of ride all of the attention that he has been getting, you know, into this new promotion. And instead they've said, hey, let's go this direction and then we can, you know, build them up like kind of like what you said. But the thing you got to keep in mind is his his success had almost exclusively been in Japan. Right. Cody and the Cody had experience in the WWE. The Bucks, while they had plenty of stuff going on in New Japan, they were also touring with Ring of Honor. They were also showing at PWG. Now Kenny did have stints in Ring of Honor. He'd go on these War of the Worlds tours, or he'd go on these little runs with them. But he was not a featured player in Ring of Honor like the Bucks were in their tag division. So that I still think that's the thought process is, okay, American fans know who Cody Rhodes is. American fans probably have a pretty good idea of who the Bucks are, and all it takes is really one match to know what they're about. With Kenny, if you weren't watching New Japan, you're missing a lot. Like, heck, they haven't even brought up any, like, Abushi's not here. And none of that's getting really brought up. And that's such a big part of his character. Right, and and Abushi's probably not going to be there anytime soon. I mean, I don't think anybody expects that at this point that we're going to see Kota Abushi in AEW. Uh, I also wanted to say this too: when it comes to you know AEW now, they've done some pay per views, they're getting ready for TV. I think a couple of things that they need to look at when it comes to improvement. Uh, I think they need to have some better videos for uh, guys when they come out and better production music for for some of their talent. Some of the guys has got cool music. Some of them, I mean, Kenny Omega's got super cool music. So Ken, here's the thing about Kenny's. Kenny sounds better when you're listening to it as an MP3 or watching it on YouTube. There it sounds great. In the arena, it's a little quiet. Was it? I just compare that to Devil Sky, the theme he had in New Japan, which is loud and booming. He's got these violins going in a chorus. It's insane. And this one, it's kind of like, do, 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 It's like, yeah, it's building up a little bit more. The lyrics sound great, but they're, they're a little bit restrained on. Right. Like Darby Allen has really cool music as well. Darby's is my favorite. Yeah. But there's some other guys. It's just like, okay, I think we need to put in some work here and do something. Also, I'm 99% sure the wrestle flow guy, Jay will, the guy that's saying Adam Cole out to the ring at TakeOver? Yes. I'm 99% sure that's him singing Sean Spears' song. Hmm. Uh, maybe we need to hire the same people that Jericho has to find who took the uh, championship, put him it on the case. sounds so familiar to where I'm thinking maybe they got the song done before he got signed. People that were not in the building didn't notice this, and I didn't even notice it at first. I was sitting with uh, Michael Wiseman, and he pointed it out, and we started noticing it. Uh, right over the uh, the ramps where, you know, they come out, there, there's a screen there, but it didn't show. They weren't showing uh, the program on it. So you're talking about the main screen above where people walk out of, like where the chandelier thing is? Yes. Okay, yeah. But the, on the two corners, they had monitors, which they didn't have at other shows, which pissed people off. But what I wanted to point out is if you were in the building, you notice this. And maybe if you go back and watch this. Uh, there were guys, there was a bunch of guys. Kenny Omega is the most guilty party of this where during the match, like he's looking towards the hard camera 
But then he's looking, if you're, he's on the hard camera side, but he's looking up and to the right. He kept looking at himself in the playback monitor on one of those screens. Like he was, he did it like five, seven times during that match. I was like, has he never seen himself on TV during a match? Well, he, he's a han- he's a handsome lad. He catches his own glance in the reflection. We kept catching people doing this all night. Like Jericho did it a couple times as well. I was like, why are they all looking at each other up in the monitor up there? It was so weird. <laughs> Who knows? Overall, what would you grade this show? Because believe it or not, other wrestling happened this week. Uh, I think it was a solid B. I'd go B plus. Yeah, there there was there was a lot to like on here and. There's a lot that, upon rewatch, really holds up. Well, they're doing the full gear pay-per-view. So they announced that for uh, November 9th. It's going to be in Baltimore. They've already announced they're going to do Moxley and Omega on that show. And then and we also know that there will be a title match. And I would expect that to be Jericho against Cody. I think the other matches we're going to get on that show is, I would expect... Uh, whatever they're going to call LAX. Maybe it's just going to be Ortiz and Santana because obviously they didn't run in after the ladder match. Um, and I and I quote from Tony Khan himself, Santana and Ortiz debuted tonight. Yes. So I would think that they're going to take on the Bucks on that show. And I think we're going to get Adam Page against Pac because they uh, they did the... Uh, the mediums media scrum where Page was I, talking to the media and Pac came I out was, and yelled at I him. was in there for that and jumped a little when... Neville, sorry, Pac just walks in and goes, oh, I have money a lot. Right. Where were you like, when what he... What the hell? He chucked a water bottle at Paige, and I think he almost hit somebody in the media because they're like, Aaron, get out of here, dude. And, like, I was wondering if, like, you were one of the people that was on that side that almost got drilled. I was right behind, like, the front row, and if you look closely, you can see me in my bright blue blazer um, in a couple of the camera shots. I, I was nowhere near where the bottle was thrown, and it looked like it went wide left of where Paige was. So I don't know where the heck he was throwing. But uh, I, I, I was like, well, this is something new. I'm getting my interview interrupted. But Paige wasn't really in for the mood for talking anyway. So Here's the other thing that I would suggest to them. Uh, and I would say this for all media, whether it was like what they did at StarCast when they had AEW talent talk to media like in a scrum or when they do the post-event scrums. Someone needs to tell talent, do not be in character. Yeah, that's that. That's a thing. So I saw people making complaints about how the Britt Baker post-show interview was handled and how, how there weren't a lot of questions being asked. Here's the thing. In, in normal sporting events, when you're in the media, and you are going to go talk to athletes after the event, whoever is in charge of public relations for the team will walk up to the media room and ask everyone, who are you looking to talk to? Mm -hmm. Now, if they bring you into a locker room, well, then they'll just point and go, oh, he's over there, he's over there, he's over there. If it's just a couple in a press conference style thing, you'll get the coach and you'll get a couple players and whoever voted for the the most names those guys will get up on the table and they'll they'll talk about what happened that night. Now, you pick those people based off of what happened during the game. If someone hit the game-winning shot, you want to talk to him. If someone put up a triple-double, you want to go talk to him. If somebody rushed for five touchdowns, yeah, you're going to talk to him. But Britt Baker did not win her match. She was, she was one of the last couple to get in. 
had it been a normal sporting event, we would have interviewed Nyla. Or they would have asked and they said, hey, who do you want? And I would have said, Kenny or Cody, because I got questions for them. I got questions for Pac. I don't have questions for Britt. You want to know why? Because I've interviewed her twice already this week. Well, I, I would I've say. Asked, if you've I've got- asked her everything I needed to ask her. So then when she shows up in character and you ask her three questions in a row, and every time it's, I just want to get my hands on B. I just want to get my hands on B. It's like, oh, okay. Well, there's no, there's nothing else to talk about. That's the thing. Like, put people out there that you want to talk to. I mean, there are reasons people want to talk to Kenny and Cody and the Bucks, and the Bucks are out of character. Um, and that's because they are executive vice presidents with the company. Tony Khan, obviously, he's talking very sincere with the media, and that's great. So when people we, say, hey, why could you only get six minutes with Rick Baker, but you're able to get 45 minutes out of Tony Khan? Because Tony Khan's the president of the company, and he's got all the answers. Right, but I would suggest, if you're going to put talent out there, pick your talent who, for a reason, why they're going to go out there, but tell them specifically, hey, go out there and you're not going to be in character. And, and if you feel like, well, I can't put this person out there because they're going to be in character or uh, they did something on the show or whatever, like then don't put them out there. Like, because that doesn't help the me. And I get it. It's professional wrestling and whatnot. And there are characters, but that is not helping the media. And I don't think it's helping the company. I'm saying this from a standpoint of, yes, I'm a member of the media, but I try to look at it from the other vantage point as well, because I've done PR work for other companies and stuff. I'm like, it's not helping, you know, when you're doing that and you got, because then it's just like, okay, I'm getting like these canned answers. What am I going to use that for? Because we're covering wrestling. It's like that, that's, that's not helping you. It's not helping me. It's not helping other outlets. I'm going to put out there like Britt Baker can't wait to put her hands on, you know, be personally. I'm like, okay, but you know, I, I want to talk about like, what did you think of the show or what was it like for this? Or what was it like for that? You, you want to get real answers out of real questions. That's why they're speaking with the media and you can't do that in a lot of cases. Because, and, and I think it, it's something where AEW needs to address this with their talent. I don't, I don't know if they have or what the deal is, but I would tell them like, Hey, when you go out there, don't be in character, you know, talk to them like, you know, outside the character and said, Hey, you know, answer questions that way. And if you're a wrestler like MJF or orange Cassidy, that isn't going to break character. Like you said, don't put them out there. Don't put them out there. Don't put them out there at all. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so there was plenty of other wrestling this past weekend. Um, and we we do have to get to because we're on a time crunch this time. Right. right. No two no two our episodes this week, fellas. And and I will be honest, I uh, I know what happened at the New Japan show that happened over in the UK. I did not see it. However, I'll I, give you a, I'll give you a hint. Smack. 
Yes, there was Lots a, of things. The one, there's one there's one thing in particular I did see that we could talk about from that. I did, however, see the NXT UK show that took place. Oh boy. And I will say Walter Tyler Bate match best match of the weekend. I'll see your Walter Tyler Bate match and raise you one Gangrel versus Orange Cassidy. No, God. GCW's two cup stuff. That match was awesome. No, 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 no. You need to go find that show and watch it. That match is amazing. Gangrel <laughs> is moving like I've never seen a guy that age and size move. Did you watch the Walter Tyler Bate match? I did. It's nuts. 45 minutes. It's also a little bloody long. And I said the same thing about the Pete Dunn coffee match from the last takeover. They go really long with those main events. I, the, the, uh, that match was so fantastic and just all the little things that they did. And maybe they could have cut out a couple of minutes. I, I didn't feel like it dragged, but I get where you're coming from. The atmosphere I thought was really, really good. And I know some people will say like, well, you don't want the crowd just breaking out in chants just because they're having fun with it. Dude, but, that's that's your that's British wrestling fans. That's re- how it is. But the thing is, they're rooting for the baby faces. He's taking on the monster. So I really don't have a problem with that when they're doing the Tyler Bate chants. Tyler Bate is so freaking good. That dude's twenty two. How is and he only twenty two years old? And he's five seven. And he's dating Tony Storm. God bless and you, Tyler Bate. You're the man. Freakishly strong. He is. But that that match was so fantastic. Uh, also on that show, Tony Storm lost the women's title to uh, Kaylee Ray. Where do you think we see Tony Storm next? She kind of needs to go to NXT because th- nothing happened in her reign. Yeah, not, nothing. She won, it, she won it at the last show, and that was it. I think she's going to be on the debut of NXT on the USA Network, and I think she's coming over to there. And that doesn't mean she's not going back to the UK, but I think she's going to be a part of the quote-unquote regular NXT roster, whatever you want to call it, the American NXT roster. I, I think she's there in the same capacity that Pete Dunne is there. She, and I think Rhea Ripley's also making that jump. Yes. You, you've seen her on, she's on TV these last couple of weeks. So when it came to the New Japan show that took place, so... uh uh, Okada retains his championship as I think we all This expected. is my shocked face, Brian. Look how shocked I am. Yes. Okada uh, <laughs> retained before Wrestle Kingdom. Who could have seen that coming? Certainly not I. <laughs> we, uh, so Kenta faced, um, Ishii on the show and, uh, Kenta won the Never Open Way Championship. However, there's some controversy in this match mm. in that it looks like Kenta suffered a concussion during this match because those dudes were lighting each other up with slaps. I mean, it wasn't just your typical, we're working stiff New Japan style. This was, we're going to like fire back wheel on all cylinders and see how hard I can smack you in the face. It's, ex- but it was exactly what you'd expect when I say Tomohiro Ishii versus Kenta. Right. And there was a point in the match where Kento was legit wobbled, like fell down, had trouble getting up. Even when he did, he was off balance, off kilter, couldn't do anything right. Like the match like was on pause almost, you know, and they couldn't, they took him a couple minutes to kind of get back uh, going. And even then you could tell like they're just a little bit off, which I mean, they went another nine minutes after all this went on, which 
I, hey, I understand New Japan works a stiff style, and it's in the middle of a match, but there's got to be some safer protocols in place here because if a guy's got a concussion, and I know it's Japanese style and pride, and you want to work through it and all that stuff, but you got guess what? The people in the ring, they're their own worst enemies, and somebody really, needed to get involved there. They really are. People have talked about how New Japan's policy when it comes to guys legitimately being out on their feet is is pretty non-existent like yeah there there's definitely improvements they could make in regards to that thankfully he is okay it could have been much worse yes and but, the weird thing yeah. is is he is he wrestling like in the next day or two like he's scheduled to wrestle coming up here and i'm like wait a second is he going back out there and wrestling already i mean that dude just had a concussion if it is it's in a tag match where he can be protected well, he should be out there no matter what. It's like, give the guy a night off. Come on, man. <laughs> but, I mean, everything that I saw about that show looked like it was a, it was everything that you would expect. I mean, I saw little bits and pieces of it. Crowd was hot. Um, Tanahashi won the Rev Pro British Championship against your favorite wrestler, Zack Sabre Jr. Suck it, Zack Sabre Jr. And they're doing the match again coming up here. Ah. <laughs> I'm getting a little... I know I'm an army of one when I say I don't like Zack Sabre Jr. matches, but I don't like Zack Sabre Jr. matches. They're having good matches. It's just is it being overdone at this point. And that's that's something that's different for New Japan. You know, we don't see it this many times this short a period of time, you know, when it comes to these rematches. So, right. you know, but uh, so, was there anything else any, you want to say about that show? Any WWE stuff you want to talk about this week? Because we skipped it last week. We did skip it last week. Um. I knew it was Eric Rowan. I knew it. I didn't trust that guy. Uh, so apparently Eric Rowan is the person that tried to kill Roman Reigns. And even this week, uh, after he got exposed the previous week, he copped to it this week. And Daniel Bryan, who hates liars, uh, felt his wrath, as did Roman Reigns. Even, even Daniel Bryan, the heel evil Daniel Bryan was out there going, I hate liars, as Rowan is talking about. Yeah. I did it, I did it, I did it, and he beats up Roman Reigns, and they're going to have a match coming up at Clash of Champions. The weird thing to me in all of that was, well, two things. Number one, Daniel wasn't the mastermind who had been lying all along that put him up to it, which I guess he wasn't. I don't know. Uh doesn't look like that. And two, what are they going to do with Daniel now? Because Rowan's like this devilish heel for doing this, and he got mad at Daniel, which almost kind of put him in this position of like, well, how heelish can he be out of this? This story has lost me, Brian. It has lost me. A couple weeks ago, I saw real potential in it. I saw, even if we knew where the end result was going to be, and it's a Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns match, awesome. Then they lost me. They lost me with Yukon Cornelius or whatever the heck he was supposed to be. <laughs> the 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 fifty the. Eric Walt Rowan plus 30 years guy that they pulled out. Yeah, I mean, they totally, like, just dropped that, didn't they? Buddy Murphy being this big part of it and having these great matches, where has he been for two weeks? Uh, Good question. This, I don't know. He's the same place where Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, and Shane McMahon were this week. Kevin Owens had a reason for not being there because he knew if he didn't show up, 
Shane might not show up. So hot. I applaud you, KO. Thank you. Justified himself on Twitter. Did anybody else notice that, that Shane McMahon was not on TV this week? He hasn't been on TV for two weeks. Oh, no wonder I liked it so much better lately. But no, they lost such track of this story. It's so weird. I mean, point where, and, and like, so they have the two attacks. Yeah. And then he never gets attacked again. And he was, and he never missed any time for it. Right. So all he really was, he was mad that he almost got hurt, that his career was almost jeopardized. Nothing actually really happened to him. And somehow, or they're still going to get to, whenever they do it, they're still going to get to Roman Reigns against Daniel Bryan, or at least that's the assumption out of all of this. So we'll see how they get there, but they're going to do that hot match between Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. And by the way, Kudos for uh, Rowan for getting a first name back. I applaud that. He actually yes. has a first and last name again. Uh, I, I think I think the miracle worker that is Daniel Bryan for that, because I think he said it during a promo, and they were just like, oh, screw it. Give him his name back. Fine. Give him his name. I liked Raw <sighs> this week. I, I liked Raw the previous week, but I really liked it this week. And they've kind of found this little bit of a sweet spot in a lot of ways where it comes to having some pretty Damn good matches on the show. They really did this week. And yeah, Baron Corbin had an outstanding match with Cedric Alexander for all you uh, Corbin haters out there. So so we are through the first two rounds of the tournament, and I got to say this. They've done a really good job with this. Every match has felt like it mattered. Even if it's with two guys that you know aren't going to go that far in this thing, they're still putting a lot out there and they're still giving all these things time no one's like trying to run away because they're like and this isn't worth it no like everyone's going balls to the walls for these matches oh yeah even like we didn't think chad gable was gonna go this far and like he beat andrade like where the hell did that come from and if this is the cinderella story run for him it's perfect oh absolutely i mean the, the only thing that i thought they did this week that was totally strange when it came to king of the ring is that baron corbin wins his match and everybody's like, oh, dear God, Corbin advanced. And then they did the uh, Ricochet-Samoa Joe match where they both pinned each other. But yet they came up with the goofy ruling instead of saying, well, they pinned each other. So that means Corbin advances. See, I, I preferred this. I preferred the option they went with. Because I hate buys in these single elimination tournaments that are caused not because someone did something good, but because two other guys screwed up. Oh, I, t- I agree. In, but they got to this three-way match, and that's what they're going to do, is they're going to do Ricochet and Joe and Corbin. They're going to do it next week's Raw, which is a Madison Square Garden, and then the winner goes to the finals. Here's the problem, though. Baron Corbin is a heel, correct? Correct. Okay, why should he be punished, and you don't punish a heel, when he won? He did what he was supposed to and got a clean win, but yet the heel is being punished because of a goofy ruling. Now, if he had interfered in that match, thinking like, oh, well, if I interfere, if I do something here, then, um, you know, both of them will be thrown out, disqualified, there's no winner, and I will get a draw, and then it backfires on them. They said, no, 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 there's going to be a triple threat match next week that you're going to be a part of. Then, yes, but, like, he got punished for for nothing that he did. He did so what he was supposed to do. He, here's my counter argument to that. And it's a subtle little piece of storytelling that if they did this on purpose, it's really smart. Who was the referee that made the ruling that Joe and Ricochet would both move on? 
Uh, that would be uh, Cone. It would be John Cone. Who has been a thorn in Corbin's side every time he has a match with him? John Cone. John Cone. Who does which referee does Corbin constantly get in the face of every time he does something he didn't like, even if it's just a two count that he didn't go his way? John, John Cone. What was it? John They're Cone's ruling, or was it into it, or was it that he talked with WWE officials and they came to this ruling? It was his ruling after he took things into consideration. I so it was his decision. Yeah. I did like what they did after the match where like he got on the headset and was talking was like, okay, is that what you saw? That's the same thing I saw. Yeah. Both of them had their shoulders down. I kind of like that and everything. Um, but I mean, see the problem with that is when you do it once or when you do the, the second referee runs down and says, Hey, wait, you got this wrong. Yeah. It's like, well, why don't you do that every match? And they can't because sometimes you do have to have screwy finishes in order to let heels win and bad Pete and, heel champions retain and right. stuff like that. Uh, it's a slippery slope when you start being like, wait, sometimes the referees can fix their mistakes and other times not. Well, the other big thing that we got this week was Bailey turned heel and joined up with Sasha Banks and she was beating up Becky Lynch at the end of Raw. And, and the reaction to this, though, was interesting from a standpoint that when she first did it, everybody was expecting it just because of the way they set it up. And there's nothing wrong with that, but she was getting cheered. Then the next night on SmackDown, she came out. They even did the uh, inflatable wavy you know, guy things, and people were kind of cheering her and everything. And then when she got in the ring and Sasha was there, they're still cheering, and then finally they booed. And I was just like, this still isn't the reaction they wanted. Like, they wanted hardcore, she's a heel. How dare you do that to Becky Lynch, of all people? And they were still getting very much of a re- mixed reaction. But it, it's about time they do something different yeah. with Bailey, at least. The, the thing with Bailey, and I think the reason for the mixed reaction was they didn't change anything else about her. Like, the music didn't change. Her entrance didn't change. Her appearance didn't really change. She's still got the little top-knot thing. She's still got the wacky, fla- wavy, inflatable guys. Like, you look at what they did with Io Shirai from the week where she walked out as a babyface to the week where she showed up as a heel, and it's day and night. They changed her music. They changed her look. They changed her mannerisms. They changed the way she acts in the ring. They changed all this stuff to show that an actual character change happened. But Bailey, nothing changed. She just walked out and said, oh, I'm, I'm mad now at being overshadowed. Like, now, if they want to gradually change stuff about her, great, perfect, awesome. but. You're going to get mixed reactions until you actually show that this is going to stick. Because we teased the Bailey heel turn before. Remember a year ago when she beat up Sasha and said, You ain't shit, Sasha! Like, we thought, oh, wow, something's actually going to happen. And then a week later, it's, you two need to go to therapy and work things out. And it's like, what? They they did subtly change two things about Bailey. One, she's wearing a lot more eyeshadow. And two... She wore a black T-shirt on SmackDown. The, that and symbolizes being a heel. For the love of God, if there were ever a time to get rid of that be- Bailey to belly suplex finisher, something she admitted on Steve Austin's podcast she hates. <laughs> Now's the time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, speaking of now being the time, uh, if you were tired of the uh, wild card rule being in effect, now is the time to ditch it, or at least it's going to be soon because... 
Post Wrestling has a report that WWE is going to be doing a two-night draft starting on Friday, October 11th. That will be the second-ever edition of SmackDown on Fox. That will be in Las Vegas. And then the draft will continue the following Monday on Raw when they're in uh, Denver, Colorado. So, yes, we are getting another draft. Interesting that they said draft and not shakeup. Every report I saw, and it wasn't just Pollock, it was always draft. Yeah. I found that interesting. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, okay, uh, if everybody's kind of be, you know, kind of up for grabs, I wonder how many people from NXT are going to be going to Raw or SmackDown. And and that's going to be very interesting now considering that they're already going to be uh, having NXT on uh, USA Network and you want to establish talent there. Exactly. I actually asked Adam Cole about this, if the concept of a call-up is effectively gone. And he said, yes, it's, it's less, oh, you're getting called up to the main roster and more, hey, we are in fact the third brand. And you either you move to NXT, you don't go down to NXT or get called up to Raw. You know, this is the third brand, effectively. It was interesting that nowhere in any of the reports was NXT mentioned. Right. So I don't I don't know what role they play in that or what they're going to do with that. I, I guess it's just we'll have to wait and see what they do. I. I can't imagine them moving a lot of people from NXT because you would think that they want that roster you know, what it is right now to get Kinda an established needs, going on USA. It needs to stay where it is right now. It yeah. really can't. I don't want to be making a lot of changes to that. I mean, the only thing I want to do is possibly add with some new signings or guys that haven't been featured yet on TV. Right. So, right. No, I, I hope my hope would be they go, Hey, you know, one or two guys maybe gets, gets moved, but everybody else stays and we're not really picking anybody up. So, yeah. Uh, we've, we've only got about, eh, about five minutes or so. We're on a little bit of a time crunch, but let's use those five minutes as best as possible by answering some questions so you can leave on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash between the ropes. Uh, let's pound them out real quick. Preston Hill asks, when will we see Seamus? Word is he's lost like 60 pounds and is absolutely shredded. He is shredded. I think he's lost 30 pounds. I don't know how much, but I have seen him in person. He is, in fact, shredded. He is. Uh, I don't know when we're going to see him. There's been some word about him being banged up. Uh, concussion was one of the things I think that he even brought up in an interview somewhere. So I don't know when we are going to see Sheamus, but hopefully he's doing better and hopefully he can get back in the ring soon. Um, Bill Dixon asked, what do you guys think of AEW's hype show? And there was a hype show on TNT. Uh, getting 390,000 viewers last Friday at 10 p.m. Is that a good sign for their first TV show on October 2nd? And will Cracker Barrel be a key sponsor? Will Cracker Barrel be a sponsor? Of course they will. Of you course. Don't, you don't smash two barrels on live television for nothing. And by the way, would the AEW championship have been stolen if Jericho went with the sponsored product and eat a Cracker Barrel. You could have left that out on the row of rocking chairs. It would have gone untouched. Exactly. Uh, I, you but, know, getting to 390,000 viewers. Um, I, I, I take nothing with that. It wasn't yeah. on the night that it's going to be on. It wasn't well promoted. You know, if you thought the number was higher than you expected, great. I didn't watch it because I had StarCast stuff I was doing. Yeah, so. Exactly. 
Uh, let's see. Francis asked a couple questions. Um, did NXT UK TakeOver raise the bar for the NXT brand? The UK brand a little, maybe, but people need to start caring about their weekly show, and nobody does. So it's kind of a hey, great show. Can't wait for the next TakeOver. Not going to watch anything in between now and then. I mean, that bar is raised so high already. I don't know if you can really raise the bar. Just kind of keep it at that, you know, exceptionally oh, high level. Overall TakeOver? Oh, no. Yeah, like, yeah. Takeover is as high as it could possibly be. It can't get higher. I think so. Um, let's see. Who do you think you will be in the uh, King of the Ring final now? I'm guessing Corbin versus Gable. And they're going to keep playing up the hype thing. I originally thought it was going to be Ricochet against uh, Andrade. But Andrade's out. So, yeah. I mean, I guess Gable and Corbin would make a lot of sense. Or, or they could do Joe. I would love it if it were Joe. But I would absolutely love it. If, if I I I still well, I guess Gable might be the the guy that's gonna win it now. It's just where do they go with that after they do that? Because they're doing that whole, you know, shorty thing. I love that people are calling him short and there are people that are like one or two inches taller than him. I'm like, he ain't yeah. that short. I'm like compared to you. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, like one of my favorite things this week was meeting people for the first time in person and going, wait a minute, I'm taller than you. How is this possible? Oh, trust me. Here was the talk all weekend. Everybody in the media met everybody and everybody's like, dude, Connor's Jack, man. Did you see that guy? Oh, my God. What a brick wall out there. I've been referred to as Seamus, too, and I love that nickname. I'm uh, running. With- yeah. Last question. Um, Did you both get to try some? Shy town pizza last week. And you're damn right, because I've had it plenty of times. And guess what? I had it three straight days, and I got to introduce you to Pure Chicago Deep Dish Pizza at Giordano's. You did, and it was some good stuff. The best part was when you were worried that a medium pizza was not going to I be enough was, for us. I was hungry, and I am not a small man. And I know it. And you're like, a medium. You were like, a medium for each of us. And I go, no, 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 no. I had to have the waiter like explain to you like, hey, man, it's going to be fine. You're going to have plenty. We ordered an appetizer as well. I mean, the problem was when you order that, it it's a long wait. It's like a 45-minute wait for that pizza. But, man, that will fill you up. Oh, yeah. You had you had a couple pieces, and then I think you had a little leftovers. I did. It was so, delicious. It was great. I, uh, I not only did that, but the night before and uh, on Saturday before I went to the building for the show – I had Lou Malnati's Thin Crust Pizza, which is my favorite pizza. And I got to have it twice while I was up there. I am, uh, I think I'm a little pizzas out though. Three, three yeah. state days of Chicago pizza, man. That, uh, that'll give you, um, a tire in your gut. Let's just put it that way. But, it, but it's tasty when it goes down. So, mm-hmm. uh, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thanks everybody for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast and help spread the word. You can find us on any of your Apple devices on Google Play, we're on the TuneIn app, we're on Spotify, uh, we're on Spreaker, all those fun, fantastic places. Follow us on social media. Connor is on Twitter, at ConnorCasey underscore CB. I'm on there, at Brian Fritz, and of course, you can follow at Between the Ropes as well, and check out the Facebook page. Uh, follow along with Connor's fine work over at comicbook.com backslash WWE. That's the wrestling section over there, and you can check out my work on Sporting News as well. So We'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening, as always, and we'll talk to you then. Peace.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.